tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and tour-attainment for you. Everybody. The European 2023 tour is just around the corner and we want to talk about it. Tori's added some exciting new cities to the mix and, just for fun, she shuffled the order of the old cities. So now we gotta replan, regroup, and yes, re-record! It's a brand new year, a brand new season, and a brand new era of tour all night. From ocean to ocean, to ocean to ocean too, we're your guide to everything tour. This episode is an edited version of the episode we put out last year for Zurich, where I worked with the world's worst tour guide. It's bittersweet because back then, this show fell between two other shows, sort of like at the midpoint of tour, but now it's the last show of the European tour, and what a beautiful city that we won't really get to explore that long. I'm already having the saddies. We haven't even started the tour and I'm having the sads. Anyway, this series has been so fun to do. Thank you so much for listening. And here's Zurich with the world's worst tour guide. Well, tour continues on and we are finally in Zurich, Switzerland. And we are here with our tour guide, none other than Efren Jr. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Everybody, I could not find a single Swiss person to speak to me, to even look at me twice. So I'm here to guide us through Zurich because you know what? Sometimes in life, a girl must tango alone. And that is the fucking truth. And so we're going to start this episode with this little article I found from Elite Daily. People who travel alone all have one thing in common. They're wise. There's nothing quite like waking up by yourself in an unfamiliar place with nothing to do but explore. It's simultaneously invigorating and unnerving, but the frightening aspects of it are precisely what makes it so intoxicating. Adventurous souls are infatuated with uncharted territory. They're driven by wanderlust and a perpetual desire to embrace the unfamiliar. Those who travel alone possess these characteristics and beyond that, they recognize the inherent value of celebrating Earth and its dynamism on your own. We are all citizens of the world, or dare I say citizens of the planet, if you love Alanis Morissette. I'm a citizen of the planet. And traveling alone is the ultimate validation of this. When you travel by yourself, you belong to no one and everyone all at once. There is certainly value and great joy to be found in traveling with others, but it's also far more predictable. Through solo travel, you become more comfortable going with the flow, which is vital to success, survival, and happiness. Indeed, traveling alone is underrated. So here we are. I'm going to walk us through a country and a city I've never been to before. And you know what? It's all going to be okay because I'm supposed to be taking a solo trip prior to tour. I'm supposed to be going to Cabo and I'm already like panicking that I'm going by myself and like, what am I going to do there? But just reading that little blurb made me feel, I can do this. I got this. I got Zurich. I can handle it all because we are all ultimately traveling alone. That's a metaphor, Dorothy. (laughs) And I bought a travel journal today for this trip. There's like a little mermaid on it with like glittery scales, fins, scales, scale, tail, a glittery tail. And I don't know, it reminded me of Tori and I love this book and I can't wait to go back and listen to the episodes that we've done and just jot down the notes that everybody has told me. But today I'm in charge of providing my own notes. So let's get 
to it. I have a document that I've been sending to every one of our tour guides prior to recording. It's just like a little document outlining the questions that I'm going to ask. And I'm just going to follow that document and we're just going to discover together. Okay. Hey guys, in this video, we are going to talk about Zurich, Switzerland's largest city and economic center. It has a population of about 430,000, but there are at least 1.3 million people living in the outskirts of the city. Zurich is well known for its financial industry, its university and for having a high quality of life. Although it is by far the most populated city in Switzerland, Zurich is not Switzerland's capital city. But instead it's the city of Bern, which can be reached in less than one hour by train. And in case you didn't already know, Switzerland is located at the very center of Europe and please don't confuse Switzerland with Sweden or even Swaziland on the African continent. First question in my document is tell us about Zurich, general vibes and things you love about it. And so I just searched Zurich vibes, <laughs> Zurich vibes on Google and I found a really interesting YouTube video of this guy going through Zurich and it's really cute but it's there's no words in it, it's set to music and I watched it and I was like, oh, the vibes seem pretty chill. It seems like a pretty chill place. Also very clean, also very beautiful. Every picture I've seen of Zurich has been green unless it's completely white because of snow. But when the snow melts, it looks amazing. Not that there will be snow melted when we're there. But I continued to search Zurich vibes and I found this review of Old Town Zurich. This was written by a woman named Anna Maria V. And she published this to TripAdvisor on December 10th, 2018. And it's her review of Old Town Zurich. And she says, it's a lovely place. Great small cobblestone streets and friendly squares. Magical lights in the evening and at night. Great handcraft shops and a very good variety of restaurants. Enjoy the moments. And I love that her review comes with a reminder to live every moment to its fullest. And that is, I, that's part of what my travel journal that I bought today was, is that I want to not only write down everything that everybody tells me, but like have a place to jot down my thoughts when I'm there. So that was a review written on December 10th, 2018. I can't imagine Zurich has changed that much since then. <laughs> I guess everything changed since then, but you know what I'm saying. Just as the vibes, the vibes. So then the next question, the second question on the document, what's the gay scene like? Gay bars, clubs, political climate, what's the gay part of town called and where is it? So I simply searched gay bars in Zurich and did a little digging and I found this link right here from travelgay.com as if there were any other way to travel. About Zurich, undoubtedly Switzerland's LGBT capital, Zurich is a cosmopolitan city in the heart of the country. With a plethora of bars, cafes, and venues to cater to the gay community, the Niederdorf Quarter is the hub of the action. The city is best known for being a global hub of international banking and finance, and whilst you may be visiting on work, there is plenty to help you unwind in the evenings or at the weekend by marveling at the stunning architecture or visiting one of the city's many museums or art galleries. So let's actually do some details. This show is actually taking place on February 23rd, 2022, which is a Wednesday. We're Breaking news. This is the last show of tour on April 30th, 2023, which is a Sunday. The day before is St. Pulten, and the day after is flying home to Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't imagine that we're going to have much time to really explore, especially because we personally are taking a train the morning of the show that gets us there at like three in the afternoon. So we have from three to eight to really explore Zurich and then after the show. So the venue is the Volkshaus and that is on Stauffacherstrasse 68004 Zurich. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about the venue. So I went online and I found out that the venue itself 
is a concert hall, a very small concert hall. It seems to be there's about 1,200 seats there. And it's in a theater right next door to a restaurant cafe, also called the Folks House Restaurant and Folks House Cafe. And this is the Theater Saal Folks House. So here's some reviews that I found on Google. Folks House in Zurich, right across from the courthouse. If you have to go to a concert, you've come to the right place. There's also a restaurant next door. Look at my photos. And then this person posts a lot of photos. And this is Philip Crelier, who posted his review on Google. Here's other things. Pascal Pazanda says it's a perfect mix of intimacy and capacity. Danny Wazer says always great concerts there. Good acoustics for drinks. You often wait. Next door is a restaurant, which is usually overcrowded before the events. And if you want to eat there before, a reservation is recommended. Here's a one-star review, and we're going to find out why. As stated on the website, I wanted to reserve a table by phone before a concert. The call ended automatically after six minutes on hold. Very impersonal. So call way in advance. And when you have more time than six minutes, Stokesmood said the location in general is cool and the queuing went very fast. Good organization. Also, they had two wardrobes, which greatly simplified the delivery of the jackets. I don't know what that means. I was invited to a concert as a photographer. The security team was incredibly rude and made things unnecessarily complicated. Do I hear an improv coming about security? Sit the fuck down. Something like that. I feel it. I feel it's coming. Due to linguistic barriers and rude behavior, communication was made more difficult. Just know that if you are on the photography team, that you're going to have a rough time at the folks' house, maybe. But if you want to eat at the restaurant, I've got some reviews for you of the restaurant. And it just seems like when you have very little time, you know, you're getting off the train as we are at 3.30 and you're going... You know, we've gotten off the train, we've checked into our hotel, which is very close to the train station and very close to the venue. Now we're starving and we have the concert at the Folks House. We might as well eat at the Folks House restaurant and cafe. So I looked up some reviews. Martina Malik says, this is my favorite place on earth since many years. Thanks that I can visit you now with my dog. Nina Fitton says, I had a very decadent crepe for brunch. Quiet and calm atmosphere. But I'm not trying to have the stars in my eyes here. I, I want to know it all. I want to know the truth. I want to travel truthfully. So I'm reading one-star reviews too. And Ilya Sun says, very hospitable place. In her one-star review, very hospitable place. We arrived and the kitchen was closed. While we sat on a bench in the corner next to the entrance looking where to go, the waitress came after a couple minutes and asked us to order something. Otherwise, we were not allowed to sit there. Top service and human attitude. And that was two weeks ago. So... Let them sit and figure out where they're going to go. Let them Google. Let them find what's open. Come on, folks house. I get it. So that's a little bit about the venue. Zurich was ranked first worldwide in terms of quality of life for seven years until 2008. Since then, it is ranked at second place right behind Vienna, the capital city of Austria. But there are three more Swiss cities ranked in the top 15 cities with the highest quality of life, which can all be reached within two hours of traveling. Bern, Basel and Geneva. People in Zurich argue whether it's better to live on the right or on the left side of the lake Zurich. While on the left-hand side of the lake, there are more companies and better access to highways and public transport, on the right-hand side there are more wealthy people living in prestigious city districts. Furthermore, there is more sunshine on the right-hand side of the lake, so maybe that's why it's called the Golden Coast.
And now we're going to get into the gay vibes. As we said, it is the LGBT capital of Switzerland, which I'm very excited about. And the top trending gay bars recommended to us by Travel Gay. And I'm going to do this in proximity to the venue. I've even gone that far. Proximity to the venue. Are you ready for this? So the first bar that I found that was recommended by TravelGay.com in Zurich, the first gay bar, is called Boya Kasha, and it is located one minute away from the venue, exactly one minute by car, and four minutes walking. This is ridiculous. Four minutes walking? I'm taking a car. I'll call an Uber. Anyway, Boyakasha. This is what Travel Gay has to say about Boyakasha. Launched in 2004, Boyakasha is one of the most successful dance parties in Zurich, attracting young gay lesbian crowd and their friends. DJs play house, pop, and R&B music. This popular party is held about once a month, usually at Heaven Zurich, Hive, and Club Plaza. And it just says, oh... Badenstrasse 109, Zurich, Switzerland. Okay, I didn't read it yet. That seems to be a roving party. The next closest gay experience is two minutes away by car and six minutes away by foot or seven minutes if you're slow. Sauna moustache. <laughs> the sauna moustache. It's just a picture of naked men in towels. It's not my scene. Popular gay sauna moustache, aka the men's sauna, is located within easy reach of the gay bars in District 4 in Zurich. Features include bio sauna and finish sauna, steam room with built-in TV lounge, jacuzzi, and bar. Open through the night on weekends. Weekend passes. Available. The nearest station is the tram bus Kalkbreite. And here's a little bit more about Zurich. Zurich is the largest city in Switzerland, the number one European city for quality of living, and consistently ranking in the top three cities in the world for the same. It is also the wealthiest city in Europe, which means expensive. It's going to be expensive there. Its stunning location at the lower northern end of Lake Zurich, so it's on the sea, Zurich Sea, offers an immediate backdrop of beautiful wooded hills and is framed by the dramatic beauty of the snow-capped Alps just 30 kilometers to the south. Zurich's other highlights include the River Lamotte, which flows from the lake through the city center. Its natural surroundings, preserved historic buildings, and efficient transportation system make for a great year-round holiday destination. Zurich has also a very tolerant attitude and welcomes everyone from diverse communities. There is a well-established gay scene, and the city is regarded as the dance party capital of Central Europe. Is this where Fire Island is? Probably not opposite. Anyway, gay rights in Switzerland. Switzerland has an excellent human rights record and there is a high tolerance of the LGBT community. Thank you. I too have a high tolerance. Zurich and Geneva have vibrant and well-developed gay and lesbian cultures together with smaller scenes in the other main cities of Basel, Bern, Lucerne, Lausanne, and saint gallen And please forgive my pronunciation. Thank you. Switzerland has held an annual coming out day oh, since the mid-1990s with the aim of encouraging the young LGBT community to develop a positive identity. Same-sex sexual activity was decriminalized nationwide in 1942. That's actually pretty early in terms of decriminalization of same sexual activity, considering that some states in the United States of America still criminalize gay sex. By the way, I don't know if you knew that, but that's true. Government discrimination based on sexual orientation was constitutionally prohibited in 1999. Registered partnerships have been recognized since January 2007. LGBT people may adopt children singly and legal provision for same-sex couples to adopt is currently being debated at the Swiss parliament level. Gay scene in Zurich. 
The gay scene of Zurich is concentrated in and around the Altstadt, with most of the bars and gay venues located in District 1 and District 4, Langstrasse, as well as the mix of gay bars, gay dance clubs, and gay saunas, and gay cruise clubs you would expect to find in such a major European city. Perhaps more unexpected is the scale of the international dance party scene here, serving both straight and gay clubbers from a European-wide catchment area. This makes for an intriguing contrast to the tradition and conservatism, which is the general population of most Swiss cities. The city plays host to a year round array of major gay dance parties and after parties, on average at least one major event a month, attracting many international DJs, as well as gay visitors to the city from near and far. But have they had DJ Matteo Sagade? I don't know that. Maybe. He's poppy. <laughs> he seems well-traveled. Zurich Pride Festival takes place every June with four days of special events and parties, as well as the parade itself. Now, I should just read, you know what? I should just read from this because it's got everything that I need to know. Getting to Zurich. Okay, so the next question on my document is about getting to Zurich. So after we talk about the gay clubs, the political climate, the gay part of town, which is District 1 and District 4, and I'm looking at a district map of Zurich, and it seems very much that the Volkshaus, it looks like it's in District 1. It's in between District 1 and 4, which theater district, it's a theater, actually. It's a small theater, so a theater district, I'm not surprised that it's in the gay part of town or that they made the gay part of town around the theater. That's probably more likely. But the next question I generally ask is, what's the music theater art scene like? And we just heard all about it. It's an international dance party, and I can't wait to be there. I, maybe we can maybe we can dance all night to the break of dawn after the Tori Miss concert. But one of the next questions I ask is, what about the travel into the city? And TravelGay.com is handling it all for me. Getting to Zurich. Both Zurich Airport and Railway Station are the largest and busiest in the country. Getting to and from the airport is straightforward, with a well-connected network of trains, trams, municipal buses, intercity coach transport, taxis, and good parking. Swiss CFF rail company trains go to the airport with all trains running via the Hauptbahnhof, which is Zurich's main train station, and from there to the rest of Switzerland and Europe. Trains and trams to Zurich city center cost 6.60 Swiss francs, while taxis cost in the region of 60 to 70 francs. There are frequent municipal bus connections from the airport to the city center and to surrounding suburbs and other towns in the region. The next question I ask after we talk about travel into the city is we talk about lodging. And here, TravelGay.com is just handling it all for me. Where to stay in Zurich? Zurich has a great choice of hotels to suit all budgets. For our list of recommended Zurich hotels near the Old Town Gay Scene and Longstrasse, visit the Gay Zurich Hotels page. You know what? You may or may not be gay, but you haven't lived until you've stayed in a gay hotel. <laughs> I promise you that. Well, I'll read these reviews of this hotel that looks really nice, and it's close enough to the venue. So just do it. Just just book a room here at the Boutique Hotel Wellenberg. Four stars. Located in the heart of Old Town, Boutique Hotel Wellenberg is a five-minute walk from the popular Bahnhofstrasse shopping street and just steps away from Platzi Hirsch Bar and Heaven Gay Nightclub. Wait, there's a gay nightclub? Hold on. We didn't review this in our earlier segment. It's an exploration. It really, really is. Heaven Zurich on Spittelgasse 5, Zurich, Switzerland. It says, Zurich's cool gay nightclub with a quality bar with local and international DJs to keep you in heaven all night long. Located in the old town, close to the other gay bars, opening times vary depending on the event. And it's only open on Fridays and Saturdays. Going back to our hotel review about the boutique Hotel Wellenberg, which I just picked out of a hat, it says the in-house Louis restaurant serve a range of international cuisine and the elegant Tina bar serves wine and snacks. Guest rooms are large and stylishly furnished with hardwood floors, water kettle, mini bar, safe. They're safe and they have free Wi-Fi. 
And they also have a terrace. I think every room has a terrace. Okay, you're staying there. Just treat yourself. Just one night in Zurich. Just treat yourself to the boutique Hotel Wellenberg. But if you can't afford it, here is a review of the Best Western Plus Hotel Zuckerhof. Small urban design hotel with 39 rooms, Hotel Zuckerhof is located in a quiet central location at the heart of Zurich's historic old town, close to nice bars, restaurant, and gay nightlife. Just a short walk from the famous Bahnhofstrasse and the main railway station, you will find their elegant, modern, and pleasantly furnished non-smoking rooms. Although I've heard that they smoke everywhere in Zurich. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that you smoke indoors. Maybe this was from someone, I mean, this was from someone who went years ago, but maybe, I mean, maybe. The rooms are comfortable and include free minibar with beer and soft drinks. The on-site restaurant, Walisa Kella, serves beautiful traditional Swiss cooking. The meats are cooked on hot stone, and the rustic cellar wine they produce comes from Valai Vineyards. The original cheese fondue is offered in eight different variations and well worth trying. Oh, we're going to get into the Swiss food. I can't wait. Okay. Your stay will include a free Swiss breakfast buffet with vegan options available and processed. Seco. There's 450 international newspapers and magazines available to you to read for free. Hotel Zuckerhof is a welcoming retreat to relax during your stay in the vibrant city of Zurich. Okay, that is the Best Western Plus Hotel Zuckerhof. If we hadn't already booked our hotel, I would recommend we stay there, but we're staying at a different hotel. Okay, we're just working our way through this list. The next thing I talk about or ask our tour guides about is the public transportation. So what is the public transportation like within Zurich? Buses, trains, Ubers, lifts, cabs? Is everything walkable? Public transport is truly at the cutting edge. Not only in Zurich, but in whole Switzerland, trains, trams and buses follow a strict timetable and you can absolutely rely on those plans. All public transport facilities are quite clean and there are epic two-story trains bringing people to their destinations all around Switzerland. However, public transportation in Switzerland is expensive. Even Swiss people have the impression that public transport in Switzerland should be cheaper. Getting around Zurich. The best option is to put your faith in Zurich's public transportation system, the VBZ, which sounds like vibes. And you know what? I'm all about good vibes. I'm all about the vibes of this European tour. So I'm definitely taking the vibes train. It covers the whole city. It's efficient, reliable, and cost-effective, rather than relying on taxis, which are expensive. A one-day pass on Zurich's public transport system starts from 5.40 Swiss franc and gives you unlimited access to boats, trams, buses, and cable cars, and even the funicular. That's funiculous. Anyway, I don't know if I'm getting a cable car, but we'll see. But I really like that this $5 that you spend for a day pass on the Vibes train gets you all around the city and gives you access to boats, trams, buses, and cable cars, and even the funicular. So um, I think I might just have to. This tour is about, you know, it's about expanding my mind. Now I'm heading over to the Wikipedia page. Do you know, I want to be a little educated, even though we're going to be there one day. Zurich is the largest city in Switzerland and the capital of the canton of Zurich. It is located in north-central Switzerland at the northwestern tip of Lake Zurich. There is about 1.83 million people in the metropolitan area, which is a lot of people. Zurich is a hub for railways, roads, and air traffic. Permanently settled for over 2,000 years, Zurich was founded by the Romans. It was founded by the Romans. No wonder it's so gay. Mm-hmm. However, early settlements have been found dating back more than 6,400 years, although this only indicates human presence in the area and not the presence of a town that early. During the Middle Ages, Zurich gained the independent and privileged status of imperial immediacy and in 1519 became a primary center of the Protestant Reformation in Europe under the leadership of Huldrych Zwingli. 
The official language in Zurich is German, but the main spoken language is Zurich German, the local variant of the Alemannic Swiss German dialect. I know about the Alemannic language, which is a group of, it says here, it's a group of high German dialects, but it is, it's derived from the ancient Germanic tribal confederation known as the Alemanni, which stands for all men, which was the inspiration for the island of Alemania in Days of Our Lives, Lawrence Alemane's Island, <laughs> Alemania. Oh my God, which was the inspiration for my telenovela city, Stallonia in Stallions de Amor. They lived in a town called Stallonia. So anyway, thank you, Alemania, for existing. In Zurich, people speak Swiss German. Nevertheless, newspapers and TV series are all in German because based on the fact that every Swiss canton has its own version of Swiss German, there are no grammar rules for that language. In Swiss German, the city of Zurich is actually called Zürich. The people of Zurich are told to be restrained. In the mornings, you barely see people smiling. Instead, they are all focused on work and on earning money. There is a huge international community in Zurich. English and French are understood by most of the citizens of Zurich. People from countless other countries are immigrating to Zurich in order to get a better paid job or to just enjoy the high quality of life. People who work in Zurich earn the highest salaries worldwide. On average, a worker in Zurich earns almost $5,900 per month, which is really impressive. Not even New York or London can keep up with those numbers. The main reason for that is that there are tons of international companies located in Zurich. Especially the financial sector is strong, with global players like UBS or Credit Suisse headquartered in Zurich. The next question I usually ask to our tour guides, we talk about currency, what is the tipping culture? And this is one of the few times we're on tour where we're not accepting the euro, it's the franc. And I looked up tipping culture in Zurich, and this is from inyourpocket.com. Tipping in Zurich, Switzerland. Tipping is not a must in Switzerland, as service is always included in the price. However, if you were pleased with the service you got, tips are appreciated. And in restaurants, many leave 5 to 10% of the bill, or at least round up a couple of francs. In bars with self-service, it's very common to round up the bill to the next franc, or add an additional franc. For example, if a drink costs 15 francs, you give 16. I can do that. I'm happy to do that. I love to throw money at people. <laughs> I think it's my trauma. So once we have our currency conversation, our tipping conversation, we talk about what is there to do in the city. Another interesting place to visit is Zurich's main shopping street called Bahnhofstrasse, which is located at the very center of Zurich. It has dozens of stores where you can buy chocolate, watches and other high luxury goods. The street ranks ninth worldwide in terms of rental prices. The amount of sales per square meter is absolutely jaw-dropping and can hold up with other famous shopping streets like the Upper Fifth Avenue in New York City or Causeway Bay in Hong Kong. That's even more impressive if you consider how tiny Zurich is compared to those cities. In winter, the city administration installs glamorous decoration lights which are recommendable to see. In Zurich, there are more than 1,200 drinking fountains, which makes this city the city with the most drinking fountains in the world. Tap water is absolutely drinkable in whole Switzerland. Another interesting fact about the center of Zurich is the 6 o'clock square. It used to be a quite dirty place with a lot of parking places. And during the Second World War, there even was a rapeseed field right in the center of that square. Then, in 2003, people of Zurich voted to restructure the area in order to make it more pleasant for people living and visiting Zurich. 
After that, they built a massive underground car park and constructed a square where people now like to hang out, meet friends and spend their quality time. While building this pedestrian zone, construction workers found remainings of a Neolithic community living here in the years of 11,000 BC. Since we are already talking about Zurich's history, there is yet another interesting fact about Zurich. During 1916 to 1917, Lenin, the leader of the Russian Revolution, was living in Zurich. His wife wrote down that they enjoyed the fact that in Zurich there were many revolutionary-minded young people from different countries. Moreover, they liked the Lake Zurich and the fact that there were better libraries than in Bern, where they were living previously. Also, there is a rumor that he still has a bank account at the Cantonal Bank of Zurich, holding a little more than five Swiss francs, which back then was quite a lot of money. Things to see and do in Zurich. Zurich is one of the major cultural capitals of Europe with world-class museums and galleries. The city has both an opera house and a concert hall, the Tonhalle, with regular concerts and productions. Here is a snapshot of some further tourist sites worth visiting. Alstadt, the city center and home to most of Zurich's gay scene, the area is in general really charming and well worth spending time exploring and a great way to sample Zurich's large and varied bar and restaurant scene. Say less, bet. I'll be there. Say no more. I do not need to continue this list, but I will for you. Lindenhof, a hill and section of Old Zurich. The Lindenhof is the historic home of a Roman castle and fortress. This vehicle-free zone provides beautiful panoramas of Zurich. Okay, we're looking up the Lindenhof. Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, look at that castle. <laughs> I'll, of course, be posting these pictures on our Zurich info site, songsatramus.com. Just look at our show notes page for anything that I mentioned, which will just be one link to travelgay.com. Um, but I'll include some pictures. This castle's cute. It's cute. I mean, as far as castles go, I have been to Edinburgh. Anyway, other things to do. Lake Promenade. Lake Zurich is the stunning backdrop to the city and well worth visiting for views back over the city and towards the Alps with green wooded hills all around. Something about the way that's written tells me gay cruise. Gay cruising zone. Also, there's the Bahnhofstrasse, one of the most expensive shopping streets in the world for all the actual or just window shopping you could wish for. I don't think I'm going to go there, but I do want a Ramoa bag. Imagine me like buying a Ramoa bag in Zurich, which is like the most expensive luggage. And I saw it by watching Charles Gross on TikTok. I don't know if you've heard of him. He always says, coded luxury, let's talk about it. The expensive celebrity favorite luggage that you've probably never noticed. Let's talk about it. When traveling, luggage is a utility, but one brand dominates the luxury luggage market. These silver industrial looking suitcases are by a brand called Ramoa. Elegant, understated, and functional, these bags can go unnoticed. And to many, they would assume the bag is not very expensive. But their standard suitcase starts at $1,150. Ramoa bags are durable, ergonomic, and well-designed. But are they above other luggage companies that charge far less? And why do celebrities love them? I've talked about coded luxury a lot in the past, meaning luxury that is not obvious and is only known as luxury to those in the know. Ramoa falls into that category. Many wouldn't even notice this suitcase, but to those who know or have one, the message is clear. They've even collaborated with Dior. Like with all coded luxury, it's a whispered statement. I love him so much. Anyway, 
Kunsthaus. Since opening in 1910, Kunsthaus Zurich has become a major art museum for Switzerland and all of Europe. The historic building is as impressive as its art collection, which includes an impressive collection of contemporary work. Frau Munster. The Frau Munster dominates the Zurich skyline with its graceful and slender blue spire. The abbey of the same name dates back to the year 853, and the church contains some impressive stained glass designs by Marc Chagall. Okay. The Zurich Zoo. Since 1929, the Zurich Zulugisha Zulugisha Garten has been a leader in conservation and is a top-rated zoo. There are over 2,000 inhabitants and more than 250 species to meet there, situated in a nice hillside location away from the city center. Grossmünster, dating from 1100, this Romanesque cathedral is one of the most impressive churches in Zurich. It played a major role in the Protestant Reformation. A climb up the tower rewards with great views over the city. Landesmuseum, effectively the Swiss National Museum in Zurich with one of Europe's finest collections of art and culture. Reitberg Museum, one of the best European museums devoted solely to non-European art. Situated in Lindenhofplatz, the hill overlooking the city. In the upper part of Zurich, there is a city area called Fifth Circle, where you can find some taller residential and office buildings. They don't even surpass the 200 meter mark, but for Swiss standards, that's already quite high. Additionally, there are a lot of bars, restaurants and nightclubs, where young people like to pull all-nighters. In fact, Zurich is the city with the most nightclubs per capita in Europe. But because there are not many people living in Zurich, the variety of nightclubs is still relatively small. The world's biggest techno parade called Street Parade is annually taking place in Zurich. More than one million people all around the world participate in this event. There are some local people of Zurich who go on a holiday trip during those days just to flee from the festival's craziness. But if you prefer to party and to listen to techno music, you definitely have to consider to join this festival for at least once in your lifetime. Gays tell us to see the UBS Polyban, which Polyban is a very short funicular railway. It'll take you up to Politerrasse for another lovely view over the city. Oh, I'm exhausted already. All this walking, all this funiculering. I just can't. It's funiculous. So the next question I get into after what is there to do? Look at all those things to do. Describe the venue, which we've already talked about a little. It's very small. Is the area safe? I'm imagining so. I'm imagining as the most expensive city in the world, we ain't got much to worry about. And the next question, will anyone talk to me on the post-show podcast? Well, I'm guessing fuck no. I'm guessing that they won't. I'm guessing they want nothing to do with me, and that is okay. I'll talk to the people I know. Kathleen, Tanya, you're it for this city. See you there. Now we're going to get into my second favorite section, the food. I legitimately looked up the best food to eat in Zurich, and I came up with theculturetrip.com. And here's just the best dishes to eat in Zurich, Switzerland. I know nothing about, I'm not really a foodie. You know, this is what I've learned as I've been talking to like, especially Cecile from Lyon and Celia from Oslo. Just, I've realized talking to them that I'm not a foodie. I'm just not. I'm not an adventurous eater. Like I'll try any candy. Like that's as, I don't know. I'm just not an adventurous eater when it comes to like different meats. <laughs> You know, God. Zurich, Switzerland is the ideal place to try well-known Swiss food with dishes from across the country's 26 cantons on offer, including raclette and birchermusli. But there are also less-known local options, such as Zugerkirschtorte, a super sweet cake, and a veggie tartare. 
Here's our mouthwatering pick of the best. Cheese fondue right at the top. Look at this. Tuck into some warm, gooey cheese fondue. Cheese fondue is a must when visiting Switzerland. What if you're lactose intolerant? I will not tolerate it. The first recipe dates back to 1699 in a cookbook published in Zurich. So it would be a shame not to try out the famous Swiss dish here. <laughs> God, I'm having I'm having so many stumbles today. But first of all, don't shame me or my Jezebel breed just because I can't eat cheese fondue. Basically, it's a whole lot of melted cheese. The type can vary, but it's usually Gruyere or Emmental mixed with different ingredients of your choice, including mushrooms, herbs, and tomatoes. It's always served with bread and washed down with some white wine. Then there's Rusty. Rusty looks good. Rusty is like a fried potato pancake. In Zurich, you are well past the Rustegraben, an imaginary line that separates the Swiss-French cantons from the Swiss-German ones. I know that that just sounded like there's something there. I don't know what this means. The Swiss-French cantons and the Swiss-German ones. I'm imagining there are French-speaking parts of Switzerland and German-speaking parts of Switzerland and never the two shall meet. And I'm not getting myself involved in anyone else's drama this tour. I'm just not doing it. Not getting involved in the Swiss-French and the Swiss-German drama. Just don't, do not come at me with this. Anyway, Rusty is a national dish and steeped in the farming tradition. Grated potatoes are formed into thick pancake shapes before being fried in oil, leaving them crispy on the outside and soft in the inside. They look like tater tots. I'm not going to lie. You can add bacon or apple into the mixture for extra flavor. That I will eat. A hundred of them. <laughs> Racletta. The Swiss sure do love their melted cheese, and raclette is no exception. It offers a bit more variety than fondue as it comes with potatoes, pickled onions, gherkins, and dried meat. Your host will often keep topping up your plate with everything until you tell them to stop. If you're famished from a day of exploring, this is probably the most filling food Zurich offers, raclette. I wonder if you can get it without the cheese. <laughs> if you could just get the dried meat, the pickled onions, and the potatoes, and the gherkins. That's cute. Zurcher geschnetzeltes. Okay. That looks good. Okay, it looks like a uh, Zürcher Geschnetzeltes is a filling dish often served with a side of potatoes, rice, or noodles. And it says it is one of the quintessential dishes found in Zurich. It translates as meat cut Zurich style. Don't be put off by the long name. Zürcher Geschnetzeltes is quite simple, consisting of veal cooked with mushrooms, cream, onions, and wine. It's often served with rusty rice, or noodles. And rusty, as we remember, is basically potatoes, like the fried potato pancake that look like flattened tater tots. Birchermuesli. Swiss muesli is tasty and nutritious. Zurich is the birthplace of muesli, the well-loved breakfast meal. Dr. Maximilian Bircher-Benner started feeding patients at a Zurich hospital a nutritious diet of cereals and fruits, and it soon became a hit, both inside the sanatorium and out. Steiner Flughafebeck, a cafe with outlets across the city, is one place to find a good bowl of Swiss-style muesli. Now that I will eat with almond milk, please. Or oat milk. That's probably better. Oat milk. Zürcher Eintopf is a comforting stew perfect on a winter's day. On a cold winter's day, there's nothing better than something warm and comforting. Zürcher Eintopf, Zurich stew, is a hearty mix of pork, onions, cabbage, potatoes, and carrots cooked in white wine. I found my meal because it's going to be freezing. Don't forget, I looked at the weather. It's going to be 54 degrees high, 12 degrees low. I have to say, if I wasn't on such a tight schedule to get back, to go back to work, to save up my vacation days for the United States tour coming up, then I might stay an extra day in Zurich because the weather is going to be fabulous. 74 degrees high, 33 degrees low. 
with sunrise at 612, sunset at 830. Seems like it's going to be real sunny. At least that's what it says now, a month early. Sounds like a fabulous way to end tour. The climate in Zurich is quite balanced. The winters are not too cold and in summer there are only a few weeks of intense heat. So that's why a lot of Swiss people like to visit Italy, France or Spain during summer, since all these countries are in very close driving distance from Switzerland. All right, next thing on the food list. Oh, this is for you people out there, the ones with a sweet tooth, not me. Zugerkischtorte. A piece of Zugerkischtorte will satisfy anyone's sweet craving. Perfect for those with a sweet tooth. Again, not me. I'm savory. Zugerkischtorte is a cake layered with nut-infused meringue, sponge, and buttercream. Adding to the sweetness is cherry brandy. Be sure to look out for this one on the dessert menus. You know what? This food looks so good. I'm so hungry. Bundnerfleisch. Bundnerfleisch is a type of air-dried meat. In eastern Switzerland, meat, usually beef, is cured in wine and seasoning and dried in the alpine air for several weeks. Traditionally from the canton of Graubünden, this delicacy is available all over the country, and you'll find it in butchers across Zurich. It's often served as part of raclette and in soups and casseroles. Bundnerfleisch. It looks good. I'm not going to lie. Zopf. People usually eat Zopf on Sunday mornings. Zopf is easily recognizable among the many types of bread on offer in Switzerland. Its name means braid, and it's not difficult to see why. Before baking, the dough, made with milk, eggs, butter, yeast, and flour, is coated with egg yolk, giving it a rich golden shine. Traditionally, the bread is eaten on Sunday mornings, but it's available throughout the week in most bakeries. Okay. Bunner Gerstensuppe. Bunner Gerstensuppe is a flavorful barley soup. Another fine dish to warm the bones during winter is Bunner Gerstensuppe, a Swiss barley soup. Traditionally eaten by farmers in the Alps to keep warm in cold weather, this soup is the most popular one in Switzerland and supposedly has more than 150 variations, and I'm going to try them all. It's also one that you can easily make for your friends at home. So that was a little bit about Swiss cuisine, which I always ask about in our little conversations. So I'm glad that we went through that. And then I ask after the show, where are we going to eat? Or before the show, where's the pre-show dinner? Like, what are we going to do? Folk's House has a restaurant inside. I believe that's where we're going to eat before the show. And because I know that the Folk's House is in the gay district near all the gay bars, I figure that's where we're going to eat after the show. <laughs> um, I did find another gay bar called Cranberry. Let's talk about Cranberry. It looks super cute. Cranberry at Metzger Gasse Dry, Zurich, Switzerland, 8001. Fun and ever popular gay cocktail bar in Zurich's Old Town. Cranberry's upstairs room is available for private parties, wink, wink, very busy on the weekends. And it closes on the weekdays at 12 a.m. So I'm assuming when I would normally ask our tour guide, is this a 24-hour town? Or like, do we got to get back? Like, is the train going to stop at some point? I'm assuming this town closes at 12 a.m. The gays need their beauty rest, you know, and we're we're serious about it. I mean, not me. I never sleep, but everybody else. To sum up, you definitely have to see Zurich if you are traveling to Switzerland. For sure, it's not the cultural center of Switzerland, but it is definitely the economical and financial center. There are a lot of cool places to visit, and I'm sure that you will enjoy your stay. Well, that was riveting. I hope you have a wonderful tour experience. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry I couldn't find any Swiss person to talk to us. I tried. I exhausted every resource. Twitter, Facebook. I can't think of another resource. 
So those were the two resources I exhausted. If you know, hey, if you know some Swiss person and they suddenly decide they want to talk on the podcast, first ask them, why the hell didn't you reach out earlier? But then second, be like, okay, send them my email, gmail.com and I'll re-record this episode. I don't give a goddamn. There are those who don't give a goddamn, and I'm one of them. I'll re-record this episode in a heartbeat with an actual Swiss person. And we're going to play, I'm just going to, I know Tori's performed at the Folks House before. Oh, we didn't even go through the set list for the last time Tori was at the Folks House. I know you're dying for this episode to be over but this is the last time tori was at the folks house it was on september 21st 2017 in zurich switzerland she had a day off after then but that's because her trip to copenhagen was very long i'm assuming and this is the set list from that show september 21st 2017 at the folks house she played iie little earthquakes twinkle jamaica in putting the damage on pancake fake muse network was she's leaving home and tequila sunrise by the eagles and then part two was Reindeer King, Apollo's Frock, Beauty Queen Horses, Flavor, and Northern Lad. Encore was Precious Things and A Sort of Fairy Tale. And I've also got the set list pulled up from her 2014 concert at Folk's House in Zurich, Switzerland. Same venue. This was May 31st, 2014. And I'm going to flag it if there's any repeats. In 2014, she did Parasol, Upside Down, Mother, Playboy Mommy, Jackie's Strength, Bachelorette, Josephine, Garlands, so far no repeats, Lizard Lounge was Red Rain by Peter Gabriel, and Fire and Rain by James Taylor, and part two was A Thousand Oceans, Selkie, Secret Spell, Scarlet's Walk into Virginia, and Cornflake Girl. Literally no repeats in the main set, not a one wild that's why we love her and then the encore was 16 shades of blue oh this is where she did it 16 shades of blue never seen blue and lady in blue (laughs) god bless her the last time she was in zurich before that was july 14th 2010 at the zurich switzerland sunset festival live at sunset festival and this is the set list there i'm gonna keep going until we find a repeat because I need some consistency in this life. You know what I'm saying? I need some consistency. Some goddamn consistency. I need to be able to win Wills and Wants that day. So far, we have 34 songs and not a single repeat. This was her July 14, 2010 set at the Sunset Festival, live at Sunset Festival. Little Earthquakes. Okay, there's the repeat. She opened with Little Earthquakes there, and she it was the second song in 2017. Okay, Little Earthquakes, Beauty of Speed. Cloud on My Tongue, Wednesday, Black Dove January, Virginia, that's a second repeat from 2014. She did that second to the last song in the set. Here she did it smack dab in the middle. Rattlesnakes, Carbon, Ribbons Undone, Icicle, Concertina, Famous Blue Raincoat, China, Curtain Call, Space Dog, Precious Things. Okay, there's a third repeat. She did Precious Things again in 2017 in the encore. Bliss, Putting the Damage On. That's another repeat from 2017. That's four. The Power of Orange, Knickers, Teepook, and Take to the Sky, I Feel the Earth Move. There's no way. This cannot be real. She performed 54 songs in three concerts in Zurich, 2010, 2014, 2017, and only had four repeats. So if you've been to the last three Zurich shows, you've seen 46 songs one time and four songs twice. She's wild. She's wild. And I can't wait for Zurich. There's no predicting anything. If you get a golden four in Wills and Wants that day, I'm going to double the prize, but you have to remind me because I'll, I'll for, I forget everything. So I'm going to double the prize because it's harder to predict in Zurich. Have a wonderful day. Here is something from Zurich. I'll see you on the road. <laughs> Thank you.
All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.